Welcome to the My Mickey Podcast, where we explore the magic and wonder of Disney together. And now, on with the show. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the My Mickey Podcast, the ultimate destination for all your Disney enthusiasts. In this episode, Bridget, Nicole, and I are excited to kick off a discussion about what to expect with your first visit to Disney parks. So join us as we dive into the key considerations and tips for managing expectations during your very first visit. Hi, ladies. Hello. Glad to be here. I love first visits. I'm glad that we're talking about this. First visits are my favorite to plan. I think we have some good tips for people today to maybe manage some expectations, how to personalize, um, and just kind of make that visit what works best for your family and really customizing it, which is kind of cool. So um, I know you guys brought your A-game tips and we're, we'll be ready to roll. You know, the first thing I always tell parents, and I feel like it's such a contradiction, right? So we give them all of the information they need, everything they need to know about the parks, but then before they go, I say, the problem is now, you know, too much. So like <laughs> what are your expectations, like you may know every single ride in the parks right now doesn't mean you have to do them. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that I love to talk about my guests is really trying to figure out what those must do moments are, what those must do attractions are so that so long as they do that, if the weather's not cooperating, if God forbid, the kids aren't cooperating, and they have to sort of duck out early, at least they know they have hit everything they've wanted to see and do and still consider that a successful day. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the very first conversations that we have with families um, is we talk about travel dates. And so managing expectations when it comes to travel dates, and inevitably we hear people say, when's the best time to visit the park? And there is literally no right answer to that. And Nicole, you're so right. You, We give so much information. A lot of times families will try to crowdsource on Facebook. I see posts like, give me all of your best tips. And sometimes I read those tips and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> these are not the best tips. And so that's why as uh, travel advisors, it's our job to give accurate information to families. But when we're talking about times to visit, there really isn't one best time to visit. There's lots of things, questions that we're going to ask as far as are we working against a school schedule? Is swimming important to you? Do you want to experience a holiday? Like there's so many things to keep in mind to make that first visit really, really special uh, so that we're avoiding some disappointment. And like you had said, even if you're asking friends who think they know you, you know, yeah. I always tell people, someone's idea of a perfect vacation is not your idea of a perfect vacation. And just because someone loved one experience doesn't mean you have to do it or that it's right for you. Mm -hmm. So while I always think it's great to hear what other people have to say, mm -hmm. you have to also figure out, is that right for us? Yes, absolutely. And, and I think really considering what your kids or even if you're not traveling with kids, what everyone is game for. Like some people's kids may love thrill rides. Some kids may be terrified of the dark. I know we went one time for, my God, it was like my 21st birthday to Disneyland. And we were so excited. We had like talked up all the rides and everything. And within the two, two or three months since we decided to go and show up, which tells you how long ago that was, um, the little boy we were going with, was terrified of the dark. So oh, like yeah. everything we had talked up had changed. So I think having flexibility in that mm -hmm. as well, 
comes right along with managing expectations of what your family is going to do and what they're going to want to, what's important for them to ride. Maybe they're not, they don't care about getting up at the crack of dawn for rope drop. Maybe they like to, you know, sleep in. It's kind of good to, in those conversations where we, you know, find an idea of what other vacations look like for you and how that can equate to a Disney trip. So we can give better recommendations for that. You know, Renee, just playing off that, um, it's funny. I had one, you know, families will always ask, well, what do you do? And I said, nobody vacations the way my family does. I promise you. Like Mm -hmm. I literally had a throw my kids out of bed to make a chef Mickey's reservation at 11 staying like five rooms away. Yeah. Um, in the history of the hundreds of trips that I've planned, only one vac- only one family has ever vacationed like, you know, the, the way that we do, but you're right. There's no wrong way. So mm-hmm. we like to go to the parks late. We stack our genies. And this one family was like, that's literally how we want a vacation. Everybody told me we have to get up early. I know my kids wouldn't do that. I was like, you absolutely do not have to get up early. And I'm, I am proof of that. And they had the best trip. Yeah. Everybody's first visit is going to look different. And so for us, it's our job to get to know you and your family really, really well. So we know exactly what to suggest for you. My friend, Amy, she will stay at the park part of the day and then they go back, they all shower, they get super gussied up and they go out to a nice dinner. And I'm like eating Casey's corn dogs, you know, for dinner (laughs) in Magic Kingdom, (laughs) sitting on a curb beside a trash can. Like that's the difference. And some people really, they just want that evening fancy meal experience and some people don't. And so us getting to know you is part of the process. And the two biggest spoilers that I always tell everyone is one, it will rain at some point (laughs) during your vacation. For our family, it's always on the Epcot day. Always, but it will rain. (laughs) It's Florida. (laughs) Pack a poncho and a good attitude. And the second thing is anything you miss, your kids will have no idea because they've never been before. So don't stress yourself out trying to get it all done in one visit. Yeah. And that's what I say. What your kids don't know, they don't know. Mm -hmm. And most of the time the kids are going back asking to swim at the pool. Yeah. Like they don't know, they don't know, and they don't appreciate all of the planning that their parents or grandparents have put into putting these trips together. They're having a great time no matter what. And even for me, no matter how many times a year we go, I always, prior to the pandemic, I feel like I treated every trip like it was the first and only trip I was ever going to take. And we went Mm -hmm. really hardcore. Um, Then when the pandemic hit and the parks were closing early and we were forced to take you know, forced to take advantage of the resort and everything that it had to offer that completely changed the way that we vacation. So now like even if we're at the parks and there's low wait times everywhere and I just want to jump on rides when the kids tell me they're done, they're done. And if they're done, they're happy. That's a good day. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we're managing our expectations, if we're listening to our kids, how much they can take, if we have a priority list of act, of attractions that we want to make sure that we hit during our day, if we hit those, I think it's a successful day. I think some people, they do feel like in order to get their money's worth that they have to stay early entry until park close, but that might not be the best choice for your family. So uh, listening to that is really, really important. I always tell families, pack your patience. Um, They're like, is there anything else that I need to remember? Yes. Don't forget to pack your patience, especially if you're traveling during a holiday season. If you're like, I have to go between the, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. Well, let's manage those expectations and don't forget to pack your patience. So I think if you go on with that type of attitude, 
you'll be ready to go. You know, one thing I say too is every, you know, every itinerary we create for guests is custom. But the one thing that I tell all of my guests, and I truly believe this, and I think that's why we do this, is staying on property. Um, the benefits of staying on property are great, but not only that, for me, it's really an extension of the vacation. It's not just a hotel. The resorts are just as much a part of the experience of Disney and the parks as the parks themselves. Um, and I think really for those families that are trying to take advantage of those low crowds, so doing those early hours or staying late, or if you have young kiddos who need to take a break, just having the accessibility to the parks, the complimentary transportation, I honestly believe it just makes your stay that much easier when you're staying at a Disney resort. And it's something to customize, you know, it's even to that, like when we're looking at how many days you want to spend in the park, do you want to park hop? You know, where do you want to stay? What's important to you in a resort? You know, that's kind of the first thing we, you know, once we get to know your family a little bit, that's how we can start doing some recommendations is, you know, what is important is having a great pool important to you, making sure the pool has a water slide. If you want a hot tub at the end of the night, a sit down restaurant mm -hmm. on, on, at the location, you know, like you said, there's so much to do and, you know, working in, I always try and can, you know, encourage families work in a break day because there's so much to do and see in the resorts as well. And you can, you know, go to different resorts, have dinners at different places. Like you said, Bridget, you know, Amy's family likes to go out and have a nice dinner. There's mm -hmm. so many amazing opportunities that's not even in the parks. So yeah. really that that mentality of we have to get it in, which I understand sometimes with schedules, that's all, you know, you may only have three or four days to do it. But if you're managing the expectation of what you can do, working in that time to have a little downtime sometimes is nice because it just gives you a break. There's usually always one person that is kind of the planner in the group and having to, you know, take care of things, whether they want to be heavy in the technology side of, genie and lightning lane or whatnot, or if they just want to, you know, do standby and have, have a, a different, more relaxed trip. And maybe everybody only has three things they want to do. I like the conversation of advantages of staying on property with the transportation, the early entry that you get, if you stay on property that 30 minutes before it opens. Um, and then I love that the deluxe evening extended hours that you get, um, especially, uh, you know, I'm, I'm right now, Mondays, it's at Epcot. So if you stay at one of those resorts that it's right there within walking distance, or you're staying on the skyline, uh, if you're staying at Riviera, that's on the Skyliner, it's super easy to get back into Epcot for the day. If you have that park hopper, um, the other thing that I, I like to point out is when you stay on property, you can book that individual lightning lane attraction at 7 a.m. And honestly, that's a huge advantage, um, particularly for things like uh, Tron and uh, Guardians. Those are really big um, attractions that that individual lightning lane, even though you can book virtual queue at 7 a.m., that individual lightning lane will sell out. And you're dining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 60 days in advance, you could book your dining for the yeah. entire time you're there versus having to get up, try and get it every day. Yeah. And I, you know, I always say, I think for some families who are going for the first time that don't understand and then realize they have to book their dining 60 days out and mm -hmm. then they'll say, do I really have to do this? Well, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can be flexible and you don't mind eating on the go and you're okay trying to catch whatever's available day of, 
Mm-hmm. And that works for some families. That's great. But if you're really looking for those special, especially with like character meals, you yeah. know, if you think a meal with Mickey and Minnie is going to be ideal, because a lot of what I'm sure everybody does is we try to make it as convenient as possible so that you're going to certain restaurants, you know, that coincide with your park day because we don't want you traveling all over. So you really do need to book that dining when your 60 day window opens and be being able to book for your length of stay when you stay mm-hmm. on property. You have, you know, if you're staying for a week, you have a five to seven day advantage over those people who are booking, you know, Mm -hmm. one day at a time. And so you can really get those harder to get reservations later into your stay. Even like Bippity Boppity Boutique, Savvy's Workshop, um, the Droid Depot, all of those can be booked in advance. And especially with Bippity Boppity Boutique, now that we only have one location uh, for that, the other ones have not reopened. It's definitely challenging to get when you're off property. Well, and it's those experiences, you know, if you do want to do like if you're envisioning that day and your child is obsessed with princesses and you want to do Bippity Boppity Boutique and then have dinner in the castle or, you know, with the princesses or whatnot, it's kind of creating that. And so in the in the conversation we're having with you is we're kind of getting to know you and also your kids and kind of creating these magical moments that fall into place for you that you may not even know exists or a dessert party. And you don't have to do all those things. They're all things that are optional that you can do. But we're here to just kind of let you know, hey, this is something if your kid is super obsessed with Star Wars, and like coming home with a lightsaber is number one on their list, and they've seen it or whatnot, we're going to try and figure out the best plan ahead of time to be able to make that happen for them. Mm -hmm. And I always tell families, you know, I have found, you know, for me, anyway, the most popular extras are the boutique makeovers, are building the droid or the lightsaber. Um, I think with the magic of Animal Kingdom now on Disney+, Plus, I have had more requests for caring for giants than up close oh. with rhinos. So if you have animal lovers and really want an intimate experience with the elephants at Animal Kingdom Park or the rhinos, mm-hmm. those are all really great experiences. But, you know, for my families, especially for a first visit, I, I don't think you have to go overboard. I remember I was working with one mom and she's like, do you think four to five experiences is enough? I was like, I think that's three to four too many. Pick <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Like> one. <laughs> because again, you're there to experience the parks for the first time. And those add-ons for me, I always tell guests, if it's something, you know, Renee, like you mentioned, if you have someone who just absolutely loves the princess princesses and wants to be dressed up and feel like royalty and undergo that mm-hmm. royal transformation, absolutely add that, you know, for those Star Wars fanatics, absolutely add those. But if you're really overwhelmed by the feeling of the parks, and you just want to enjoy the attractions, to me, these are just a way to enhance a trip, not necessarily, not necessarily something you need to fill your entire week with. Yeah. And they're time consuming. Like they they take a good chunk of time too. So that's something to keep in mind too. If you want to hit a lot of different rides, Mm -hmm. or shows or whatnot, that that's where, you know, we wanted to definitely kind of look into how many days you're going to be there and things like that and kind of how to plan it out. We've done Caring for Giants and Renee, we did Wild Africa Trek together. Yes, don't sleep on that. That's yeah. a fun one. But again, <laughs> I completely agree with Nicole. It, I don't think those ne- need to be a first visit type add-on because they take up so much park time. Are they incredible experiences? Yes. But it's going to take a big chunk of that Animal Kingdom day that you could be using on something else. 
And it yeah. was years before we did that. Like there were oh, many yeah. visits that we each had yeah. before then mm-hmm. with our families and things. Yeah. But it worked out to be able to do that with a group, you know, for my Mickey vacation. But it's, it, yeah, it's definitely trying to see if that's something. Yeah. It's kind of the ebb and flow of it. Like, do you yeah. want to to spend the time doing that? Is everybody going to be into it? Like if little brother, little sister is sitting there and they're just like, come on already. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to wait. If you're over, if you're over scheduled, it really takes away your spontaneity of the day. And so you, you want to leave space for, if you see there's no wait for the carpets at Aladdin, you go get in line for that. You want to leave some room to do things that are a little bit more spontaneous. It doesn't have to be hour by hour. Every single thing is planned. Um, I think that's another tip for a first time family is try not to overschedule yourself because if it's your first time walking into the park, it's going to take you a hot second to get oriented. You don't right. even want to know where things are located. And so you want to have a little bit of space to get oriented, uh, to become familiar with the park where everything is located and not be overscheduled. Yeah, I think that's one common misconception. It's like, well, I can go from here to here and, you know, I I could be, you know, I could be in line for mine train at 830 if I'm leaving my Mm -hmm. resort at 8 a.m. And I was like, no, no, you can't. You know, a lot of things take time. And just the walk from the bus, you know, the walk from the bus depot to go through, scan into the park, go through the security lines, Mm -hmm. make your way through. That's all like 10, 15 minutes. Like, I, I think you need to realize like how much time quickly adds up Yeah, when you're sort of factoring. You know, maybe when you walk into the park, you see that meeting Mickey is only five minute wait. You don't want to feel like, oh, we've got to come back to do that. You know what I mean? Like you want to give yourself some, some flexibility there where you hear Disney vacations and now you hear so much of the planning, the planning, the planning, what you have to do. You don't have to do that. Like, it's, it's an option, but you don't have to vacation like that. If you don't want to get up at seven in the morning and, you know, grab a lightning lane, you, you don't have to, but if it's important for you to ride Tron or guardians or whatnot, and you're super excited for that, then that day you're going to get up early and do it. Yeah. And, you know, just getting back to the resorts real quick and, you know, Bridget, you had mentioned that some of my guests tell me their favorite days are the resort days and you're paying for that hotel. And if like what is there to do there are activities throughout the day the cast members are there to entertain your kids while you just sit back and enjoy and like my kids love doing mickey tie-dye or like the s'mores at the end of the mm-hmm. evening. like there there are things to do at the resort and when you check in you can either ask a cast member they either have handouts or it's like at the front desk where it'll tell you exactly what activities are happening that week movies you know, the outdoor movie under the stars, that's great too. And I would say like, don't discount those little moments because those could be the ones that your kiddos remember. And you can still do certain things that you may think are only in the parks. Like you can go to character dining. There's some amazing opportunities that are in the resorts and you don't even have to step foot in the park. You know, if you're staying at beach club, you have Cape May breakfast, you've got, you can hop on the Skyliner and do Topolinos mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, th- there's Ohana at the Poly, you know, there's so many different things, Chef Mickey. So, you know, those things where people maybe want to 
meet characters, but maybe they don't want to stand in line in the parks to do it. That gives you a little bit more intimate experience, even though they're still shortened times, but you're kind of covering two things at once. You're getting that character meet and greet. You're not taking up your park time and you're having your family meal at the same time. And don't forget your first visit button. Oh, you know, pick that up. You can get it at the front desk uh, at check-in. You can go to guest services. Sometimes they have them behind the, when you're in the Emporium or some other type of big shop, they may have them uh, in the back. I know at the creation shop in Epcot, they always have a big stack uh, behind the registers. So you can pick up your first visit button and wear that the whole week and you'll feel really special. Yeah. And then they also have, if you're there celebrating birthdays, you can get a birthday pin. They have on celebrating buttons. So if you're celebrating the end of the year, if there was any accomplishment and the cast members are really fun. We, I, we went once and they're like, what are you celebrating? And my son was very adamant. He's like, nothing. Pin <laughs> <laughs> out and she writes nothing as fancy. <laughs> and he wore it like a badge of honor for the rest yeah. of the day. And it was fantastic. So I've seen some good ones. I've seen celebrating divorce. I've seen, <laughs> um, and I think underneath, like the cast member had wrote, like I lost two hundred pounds in my divorce or something oh, like that. It was like goodness. it was super funny. So yes. Disney loves to celebrate you, whatever it may be, from personal triumph to you know your unbirthday. They're they're really cool, and it's a fun free souvenir. Like we don't hear a whole lot of free things anymore yeah. in this day and age. So it's a cool little thing and you can keep them over the years and stuff like that too, mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. Your kids will always look back on it or, you know, if you're there for your honeymoon or engagement or whatnot, you know, and, and I just think there are so many people, you know, I always like to ask, you know, why are we taking this trip or what are you hoping to remember? And for so many, you know, it's a rite of passage or, they went and they love Disney and they want to share that with the kiddos or the kiddos have just been begging to go. And I always find the hesitation is that they think it's overwhelming and they don't yeah. know how to, how to tackle the parks. Mm -hmm. That's the best part of working with us. We'll talk to you about those things. You don't need to know what's at the parks. You just need to know your family. So, yeah. so long as you know your family and we know the parks, we will customize that trip that you want to take. And then you can walk in feeling stress-free knowing exactly how you're going to tackle the day so you can enjoy the parks and enjoy the time with your kids and not be stressed out over what do we need to do? What's where? Where do we go? You'll already know all of that. Mm -hmm. It's such a great partnership because we can help you navigate the details and then you'll show up and have fun. We treat, and I know all the rest of the dream designers, treat every family as if we they were our own family and we're planning mm -hmm. our own trip. So we take the same care, the same consideration. You're dealing with the same person throughout start to finish. So they get to know you and what, you know, is important to you. So I, I think it's it's a it's a priceless opportunity for families to really be able to have a first visit and come home and just be like, wow, like I, I really feel like that was just for me. Mm hmm. And remember, a first visit leads to a second. So don't feel like you have to do everything. And that's <laughs> right. the part about the parks, you know, so many families are like, this is going to be a one and done. And I've gotten message from families halfway through the trip and they're like, we're ready to book our next trip. Yeah. Um, just remember, if, if this is going to be the first of a long succession of trips, which is what I hope, definitely don't do everything because the parks grow with your kids as they get older and experience mm -hmm. change. And there's so much to do that you know, figure out what you love and what you didn't get to. And then we do that on your return trip. That's right.
Well, from myself, Renee and Bridget, we want to thank you for tuning into the My Mickey podcast. We hope you love today's episode and that our discussion on your first visit, that you found it really helpful. Um, if you have any feedback or suggestions for future topics, reach out to us. And of course, if you are planning your own first visit, all of the dream designers at My Mickey Vacation are ready to help. So we will take care of all of the details, as we just mentioned, so that you can focus on the fun. And for more information, be sure to head over to our website, mymickeyvacation.com. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next week.